Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, it's Amy Mitlanauser. Welcome to this edition of the Arsenal Audio Programme. Arsenal versus Chelsea, Saturday, December the 26th, 2020, kickoff 5.30pm. The contents, the manager, Mikel Arteta, the captain, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, voice of Arsenal, voice Arsenal together, player feature, Emil, convertible currency, community, forward Arsenal, 14 times. My story. Arsenal Academy. Arsenal Women. Community Bowls. Visitors Chelsea. Match Action. Everton versus Arsenal. My Arsenal. And Teams. Manager's Notes. Mikel Arteta. We have a crucial week this week. We have to stand up and we have to pick up the points. Let's draw a line and move forward. A lot of things happened in the game against Manchester City on Tuesday. And I really feel for the players at the moment because we feel like it's just small margins that are going against us lately. It's obviously a very frustrating time for us, for the players and the supporters because something is happening in every game for different reasons. And we just need a result now. We conceded the first goal early on Tuesday against Man City, and that obviously gave us the worst possible scenario, considering the situation we are in at the moment. It was a real test for us. But I have to say, the team reacted really well, and after that, we kept going, and we scored a really good goal. In fact, we started to be on top of the game for 25 minutes after that. Then, in the best moment of the game, we concede another soft goal. That was a turning point. After that, we had a really good situation to go through on goal with Lacazette, but we missed the pass, and on the counter they scored a goal, which we saw on the replays was offside. After, it was 3-1 then it becomes very difficult to get back into the game. It was a difficult moment for Alex Runnison, But to be honest, it was difficult for the whole team, because we win together and we lose together. We will support Alex. We made the decision to play him because he's played other games and has played well. There's no question over that. It was good to see Gabby Martinelli back on the pitch, though. I was really happy with him. He has looked really sharp in training, and in the game, he looked as he always does, with his high energy and the passion. He was really good in that first half, but he picked up a really bad kick on his shin, and he had to come off 
because it wasn't comfortable to carry on playing. I don't think it will be too serious, but he will need a couple of days before we can see. But let's move on from Tuesday's game. We have to focus on the Premier League, because that's the priority in the situation we're in now, and it would have been whatever happened on Tuesday. We are trying to respond every week, and for different reasons, we are not picking up results. It happened against Burnley, a game we should be winning. It happened against Southampton. It happened against Everton. We have to turn things around. Whether it's bad luck or these things that are affecting our results, they have to change dramatically. Those margins make it very difficult to win football matches in the Premier League. We have the opportunity on a very special day here at home against Chelsea, so let's do it. The best medicine when you are in this situation is to win a football match. Every defeat is a painful moment, another moment of disappointment, another moment you have to lift yourself up, and that's what we've got to do. I think the medicine for all of us would be to come here against Chelsea, beat them, and then move on from there. It's exactly what we all need. The next seven to eight days are going to be crucial to see where we're going to be heading to in the Premier League. Playing Chelsea today will bring back memories of our FA Cup final win last season, and the team that we faced a few months ago was a top one as well. But at this moment, you're talking about a very strong squad in the Premier League. Frank is doing a really good job. He's got a team full of belief and confidence, and even though they had some defeats, they got back to winning against West Ham, and it's a team that is going to be fighting for the top spot in the league for sure. But it's down to us. We need to keep our positivity and keep our energy. Keeping a strong team spirit can be harder at the moment because of COVID restrictions. To keep the team together, the team alive, and to be a team rather than a group of players, at the moment it takes a lot of energy. When you are losing football matches, you have to lift them up and you have to get them together. You have to get them to be positive to each other to try to not start blaming any external factors or any individuals when things are not going well. The best thing to do when things aren't going well is to be able to do things outside our sight. Get the players together, change the environment. But at the moment, we can't do that. We are not going to be able to do that for a while, so we have to find other ways. But I have to say that the players are really putting in a lot of energy and enthusiasm not to lose what we are building. People are suffering, we are hurting, and you have to get back, be the leader again, and try to push the players. The players are responding, and are ready to embrace the challenges ahead. That's happening. But the best medicine, as I said, is to win against Chelsea. Things can turn around quickly in football, and they have to. This is a crucial moment for us in the season, and we have to do it this week. Captain's Notes, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang 
This is our last home game of 2020, and it's certainly been a year that none of us will forget. So much has happened in the past 12 months, it seems crazy when you look back on it all. We had the first of our lockdowns, we started playing games with no fans, then we won the FA Cup semi-final against Man City, then we beat Chelsea in the final at Wembley. We started a new season, beat Liverpool in the Community Shield, but still with no fans at the games. And that still doesn't feel right. We need you back. So I know everyone is going to remember this year, both with good and the bad bits. And I'll tell you the truth. I think it's been a very strange time for us all. But I'm a positive guy, so I'm going to take the positive vibes out of this year. Winning the FA Cup and then the Community Shield was such a big thing for us. We had a very tough time last season. We changed managers. We were really proud of how we turned out under Mikel, and managed to turn that season into one with a trophy. I will always remember that FA Cup final because it was a really, really good day for the club and the supporters. And of course, it would have been even better if you were there, the fans in the stadium on the day. When you think back to it, you have those memories and those feelings again, and it's time to get back to those victories again as a club. That's my ambition for 2021, to be better than this year and to improve. I have to aim every year anyway. I always want to do better and I believe that you can always improve on the past year. We have all set ourselves a target because we have to pick up our results again. You should always try and push yourself and develop. And speaking for myself, that's what I want to do. But last season shows... What can be done if you keep positive, keep working and keep sticking together? We turned around a difficult position before we ended with the FA Cup and that was really deserved. We know we have the ability to do it and we have to get consistency and turn our form around. It's down to us. Our priority is to improve our league form immediately. We have spoken about this as a team and we know exactly what is needed. But it's time to stop speaking about it. And it's time to do it on the pitch. And that is the only solution now. It starts today against Chelsea. And we only have ourselves to look back to August to know what it's like to play against them and what we have to do. They have very strong players over the pitch. And if we can carry out our game plan, then I'm confident we can get a win. And... We need to win it because we've got so many games coming up now. If you get a good run at Christmas, your position can change so quickly. That's a positive for us right now. We've got three big games coming up this week and we have to prepare well for them. Recovering the white ray between matches and we can get that win today, then we can give us some momentum for this busy schedule. I really hope that I can be back to play these matches It is a calf issue I have, but I'm working hard with the medical staff to get as fit as possible as soon as possible. I obviously couldn't be involved on Tuesday night against Man City and that was a difficult night for us. We thought we'd show good character to get back into the game and we had a strong spell before half-time at the start of the second half. Then them quick two goals killed us. Their second goal was a difficult moment for Alex Runarsson, but we know... He has a good quality and he can come back stronger and be a good goalkeeper for us. We have belief in him. And there were some very good performances from our younger players in the game at this time of the year. They are most important than ever that our old squad is ready to step up if they are called on. It's a busy time for us on the pitch and I know it's a busy time for so many people at the club. 
on and off the pitch as well. I'm always proud of the work this club does for the community, especially this time of year. It's always good to help people when we can, because as footballers, we are lucky enough to do what we can do. We are lucky to have this job. We are able to play football. We can be in a position to give something back to people that are in bad situations. I hope you all managed to have a good Christmas yesterday and you were able to get in touch with your family somehow. From the whole squad, thanks for your support throughout 2020, whether it was in the stadium or across the world or on social media. Let's hope we can all be together in the stadium again as soon as possible for 2021. Voice of Arsenal. Merry Christmas. We hope all supporters enjoyed a very Merry Christmas yesterday and were able to make the best of what is a very difficult time for so many families. Players, directors and staff would like to wish all fans a Happy New Year. Hopefully 2021 will be a prosperous one for all of you and Arsenal Football Club. Arsenal ITK. We are unbeaten in our last 12 Boxing Day home games. Won 12, drawn 2, since a 2-0 loss against Nottingham Forest in 1987. We have won each of our last nine such games in the Premier League. Chelsea lost 2-0 against Southampton on Boxing Day last season, ending a run of 14 games without defeat on December 26. Won 9, drawn 5. The Blues haven't lost consecutive Boxing Day matches since 1994-1995. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang has scored on both of his Boxing Day appearances in the Premier League. He could become the first Arsenal player to score on three consecutive Boxing Day games since Thierry Henry between 2002 and 2004. Chelsea haven't lost three consecutive Premier League away games since February 2019 a run which included a defeat at Arsenal. Today's cover. We hope you enjoy our retro cover this evening. Many people will recognise Sol Campbell scoring the last time Arsenal played Chelsea on Boxing Day. The Gunners had gone into half-time 1-0 down, courtesy of Chelsea's Frank Lampard. But we started the second period in the best possible manner when Sol powered a header home from a Robert Pires corner on 48 minutes. Substitute Sylvain Wiltord then grabbed a winner on 71 minutes, just two minutes after coming on. The Frenchman swept home after Mario Melchiot had only partially cleared a Gio van Bronckhurst free kick. The match, which featured a number of flashpoints involving Patrick Vieira and Graham Lasso, sent the Gunners top of the table on their way to a famous double when they beat Chelsea in the final and was their 13th consecutive home league game unbeaten the Blues. The picture was taken by the club's chief photographer, Stuart McFarlane, who tells us, It was Sol's first season at the club, and apart from being superb at the back, he also scored a few towering headers like this one. We dominated Chelsea during this period, and my strongest memory of this picture is actually printing it off at the end of the game so my son could give the picture to his Chelsea-supporting granddad for Christmas. Barbara Windsor Arsenal Football Club was saddened to hear of the recent death of Dame Barbara Windsor, aged 83. The much-loved actress grew up close to Highbury in Shoreditch and then Stoke Newington and was an Arsenal fan all her life. 
She also helped in a number of charitable ventures involving the club over the years. The picture featured here shows her with Arsene Wenger at a Be a Gooner, Be a Giver event launching Great Ormond Street Hospital as our charity of the season for 2009-10. A true icon of stage and screen over the last 60 years, Barbara suffered with Alzheimer's in her later years and a Just Giving page has been set up by her husband Scott for Alzheimer's research, which has already raised over £100,000. You can donate here, www.justgiving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash Dame Barbara. Granite's back. Following his sending off against Burnley, Granite Zaka has served his three-match domestic suspension and is available for this evening's game. Arsenal, league champions, 1930-31, stroke 1932-33. Stroke Nineteen thirty three stroke thirty four nineteen thirty four stroke thirty five nineteen thirty seven stroke thirty eight nineteen forty seven stroke forty eight nineteen fifty two stroke fifty three nineteen seventy stroke seventy one nineteen eighty eight stroke eighty nine nineteen ninety stroke ninety one nineteen ninety seven stroke ninety eight two thousand and one stroke zero two 2003-04 FA Cup winners 1930-1936-1950-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1
and technical director Edu spent time discussing the club's ambitions, current form and the impacts of the pandemic on fans attending matches. Other errors discussed included the club's approach to treating head injuries following the incident involving David Luiz and Raul Jimenez, the My Arsenal Rewards programme that is being developed and ways to get fans involved in fundraising for the Arsenal Foundation. The full minutes of the meeting can be found on arsenal.com. Ref Watch Today's referee is Michael Oliver from Northumberland, who has been a Premier League referee since 2010. Michael has already officiated at Emirates twice this season, in our 2-1 win over West Ham and the 2-1 home defeat against Wolves at the end of November. The seven yellow cards he showed in that match was the most he has brandished all season. Michael's last Premier League game was Sheffield United's 3-2 home defeat against Manchester United. Arsenal remembers Sandra White, an Islington girl and Arsenal fan, loving mother to Josephine, Sandra, Tanya, Kayleigh, Christopher and Charlotte, and loving partner to Chris. A true family woman, forever in our hearts, until we meet again, rest in peace. Chris Kent This tribute is to a very special Arsenal fan who passed away recently aged five. He was the son of Rajiv and Raki and brother to Ishan, who are all huge Arsenal fans. Rest in peace, little gunner. Always together. As we approach the end of an extraordinary year, we wanted to ensure the Arsenal family around the world still feel the presence of the club despite being unable to be together in the normal way. We feel privileged to have been able to continue our commitment to the community in different ways this year when they've needed some extra support in difficult circumstances. Half a million meals. On December the 11th, we saw the delivery of our 500,000th meal to the vulnerable people in North London since the start of the pandemic. Working with the charity, his church, and local councils in Camden, Islington, and Hackney, the Arsenal Foundation and Arsenal in the community have delivered 521,428 meals to the local community since March. Managers Mikel Arteta and Joe Montemuro sent the truck on its way to North London from the Arsenal Training Centre after welcoming Richard Humphrey from his church. Richard then joined Vinay Venkatesham alongside Councillor Richard Watts from Islington Council and Arsenal in the community participants Susanna Garcia and Madison Alexander at Emirates Stadium to deliver the half a millionth meal together. We are immensely proud to have played a part in supporting the community and we thank everyone who has played their part over the last few months. Playing for the name Our match against Southampton saw us continue the tradition of dedicating a match day to fundraise for the vital work of the Arsenal Foundation. To bring our players closer to our work and the young people benefiting from our projects, the men's and women's team both took time to hear more about the work and the impact the Arsenal Foundation is having locally and globally through our Coaching for Life project in partnership with Save the Children in Za'atari Refugee Camp Jordan and in Jakarta, Indonesia. 
players have once again pledged to continue the club tradition of donating a day's salary to support the groundbreaking Coaching for Life programme in Jordan. Our players were paired with a young person from Coaching for Life and played for them at their respective league fixtures. The matchday programme had a different feel with 11 different covers printed to tell the stories of 11 different young people on our Coaching for Life programme. Hospital visits. Although the players couldn't visit local hospitals this year, we had a very able deputy in Gunasaurus to help spread the message of the Arsenal family always being together, even when we are apart. Gunner visited the Homerton, Whittington and Barnard hospitals on Friday, December the 11th, and, with his team of helpers, dropped off presents to children who may have to face this festive period in hospital. The staff at Emirates Stadium also lent a hand in making sure all the sacks of presents were perfectly and COVID-safely packed and ready for the children's wards. Honouring Teamwork On Tuesday night, for our match against Manchester City, the club showed its appreciation for some of the Arsenal family around the world who have achieved something special in 2020. We asked local artist Stazzy, a beacon of inspiration for young people in our community, to reimagine the iconic socially distanced first-team photo that was taken in November, this time featuring members of the Arsenal family who have inspired us this year. Our two captains, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang and Kim Little, represent the club in showing our appreciation for these special individuals and their achievements, and also show their appreciation for the fans who were able to make a brief return to Emirates Stadium in December. The story behind the nine individuals featured in our last programme against Manchester City, as did the cover, of course, and also can be found on arsenal.com. Emil this Christmas is like no other before. But Emil Smith-Rowe was doing his bit yesterday to help bring some happiness to others. Emil spent a couple of hours of his Christmas Day celebrations yesterday in the company of care leavers from Islington, albeit via Zoom, as part of an Arsenal in the Community project. As usual, at this time of year... Arsenal in the community worked together with Go Forward Youth and Islington Council to identify 50 young people from Islington leaving care service, who each received a Christmas hamper and invite to the special Zoom call. Emil, who took part in the event on Christmas Day in 2018, when it was held in the hub, was on the call too for two hours of quizzes, games and connecting with other young people. Here, the Midfield Academy product tells us why the project is so special to him, in his own words. Playing football is not the only job of a footballer. It goes much wider than that. I've known that my whole time growing up, but when you get older and your profile increases, you soon realise that people look up to you as a role model. Most kids out there want to be doing what you are doing. They want to be a professional footballer themselves. They look up to you, and I've seen for myself now what it means to people when they see you, when you can spend some time with them 
and when you can interact with them. That's why I like to get involved in community projects, give my time, and hopefully give some happiness to people, at Christmas especially. Two years ago, I went to the Arsenal Community Hub on Christmas Day to visit care leavers, hand out some presents, and play some games. The reaction from everyone there, just being able to put those smiles on people's faces, meant so much. It was a surprise visit. I had training in the morning, then basically went home quickly to go straight to the hub at the stadium. I went in, and it was all a bit crazy. There were loads of people coming up to me asking for pictures, and it was so nice for me to see that as well. You could really see how happy it made them. It made their day, and it left something with me. It made me want to carry on, and continue to put smiles on faces whenever I can. Knowing you've given something back and helped someone's life even in a small way, there's no better feeling. So that's why this year I wanted to get involved again. We have to do things differently this time, of course. At Arsenal, during this pandemic, we've been saying that we're apart, but we're always together, and you can see that we are still able to change people's lives, but in a different way. So this year, to do it via a Zoom call and do quizzes and games with them is great and another way of reaching our fans and the people who need our support. Fortunately, as footballers, we're in the position to be able to help other people, so whenever we are able to, we have to find a way to do it. It's always good to try. And it made sense for me to get involved with Islington Council's Care Leavers Service, because my dad has been working for them for a while now. He's involved there and arranges those campaigns, so he suggested it would be good for me to go along as well. It's only when you see it yourself that you realise how important your presence there can be for people. Me, a player from Arsenal FC, had come to see them, and it meant a lot to them, and it had an effect on me too. It's important to me, because there are a lot of kids and young adults out there who are not as fortunate as me to have their family around them at Christmas. By doing this, it gives them an opportunity to enjoy their day and to give them some presents. I'm still young myself, just 20, but I'm now at an age where I realise that I can afford to help people out. I've grown up with this. We get taught about our responsibilities throughout our time at the academy. When you start growing up, you've got to start becoming more of a role model as well and setting an example. That really educated me off the pitch. We would have meetings about it and discuss what our responsibilities are. As you grow up, you realise all the other aspects of being a footballer. And for me... I've come from a family where my parents have taught me the same messages. You have got to help people who are not as fortunate as you. I've always tried to think about that. As I said, my dad does this every Christmas, so I'm used to not seeing him for half the day every Christmas. My mum's a head teacher as well, so they are both used to educating young people and working with people who might not have that family support. So growing up, I learned a lot from both of them, 
and now I can see it for myself. As an Arsenal man my whole life, it makes me proud that the club are involved in projects like this and look to give back to the community. I remember, as a young player coming through, it's always good to see your idols in the first team setting an example and giving something back themselves. It was a powerful message. I'm sure I speak for all of the young players. We always look up to the senior players, and when you see them get involved in these things, it makes you want to be a part of it too. I've been inspired by those before me, and hopefully younger players coming through now will also look at what we are doing. And for me, that means getting involved at Christmas time. I want to do more of it in future. Growing up, Christmas Day meant me and my brother waking up early, running downstairs trying to open our presents early. It was a tradition in our house, though, that we opened presents after our Christmas dinner, so we were made to wait. But now I'm older and a professional footballer, it's very different. If we have a game on Boxing Day, like this year, Christmas Day means training in the morning. It still gives me plenty of time to get involved with the community work, though. I want to keep helping when I can, and keep taking these opportunities to help out. I want to keep getting involved. As a professional footballer, I know I've got the power to use my voice. I'm lucky. I'm in the position to help less fortunate people, so I want to do that more in the coming years too. You could really make the difference to a child's life by becoming a foster carer. Islington need foster carers to look after local children and young people. So if you have room in your heart and a room in your home, find out how rewarding fostering can be by calling for a chat on 0207 527 7933. Email fostering at islington.gov.uk or visit islington.gov.uk slash fostering Follow me. Follow Emil on Instagram at Emil Smith Rowe Born Croydon, July the 28th, 2000 Joined Arsenal as a full-time scholar in July 2016 Arsenal debut versus Forskla Poltava, home Europa League, September the 20th, 2018, one First Arsenal goal versus Karabag, away, Europa League, October the 4th, 2018, 1-3-0. Previous clubs, RB Leipzig, loan, Huddersfield Town, loan. All of Arsenal, under-18s. 32 apps, 15 goals. Under-21s, 3 apps, 1 goal. Under-23s, 30 apps, 9 goals. LC, 3 apps, 1 goal. FAC, 0 apps, 0 goals. UEL, 10 apps, 3 goals. PL, 2 apps, 0 goals. Total, 80 apps, 29 goals.
convertible currency. Football historian John Sperling looks at the evolution of Arsenal players' positions, past and present. A WM special. Jack Butler moves from centre-half to deep-lying centre-half or centre-back. In late September 1925, with new manager Herbert Chapman at the helm, the iconic ex-Sunderland forward Charlie Buchan in the ranks, Arsenal suffered arguably their most epic defining defeat, a 7-0 reverse at... Newcastle United. During the closed season, the ruling changed so that only two defenders, it was previously three, needed to be in between an attacker and the goal. At St James's Park, the Arsenal defence crumbled upon wave upon wave of Newcastle attacks as the Gunners were 6 0 down at half time. Newcastle centre half Charlie Spencer remained at a very deep position and although he contributed little to the rhythm of the side's attack, he repeatedly snuffed out Arsenal attacks. Gunner winger Joe Holm recalls Charlie Buchan rated Charlie Spencer as a great player and had often spoke of his unsung quality of reading the pace and the direction of the game. It was Spencer's display that afternoon which convinced Buchan and Chapman that the Gunners needed to radically alter their tactics if they were to survive in the late 1920s, let alone prosper. In his book A Lifetime in Football, Buchan claims new methods were required and Arsenal were the first to exploit them. One might suggest that Newcastle had clearly got there first with their use of Spencer as a deep-lying centre-half, but Buchan, as events showed, was referring to tactics across the entire pitch. Following the calamity in the northeast, Buchan informed Chapman that he would leave Arsenal and re-sign for Sunderland, as he was clearly of no use to his new teammates. Yet Chapman calmed him down and asked him at a team meeting in the Newcastle Hotel to air his views. Buchan had been pressing for a change to the way Arsenal lined up since the beginning of the season. Now Chapman was ready and willing to listen to his ideas. One of Buchan's suggestions that a deep-lying centre-half should be deployed to guard the edge of the penalty area. This in itself was hardly revolutionary, but Chapman used Tom Wilson as a deep-lying centre-half in the 1922 FA Cup final when his Huddersfield team beat Preston 1-0. Buckham himself wrote, It has many times been said that the change in law brought into the operation of the stopper, the centre-half, but there were many such stoppers long before that eventual day. At the time, the centre-half played a much more attacking role. Buchan argued that the club should now have more defence-minded player in that position and that it rather than the two full-backs should take responsibility of the offside trap. Buchan suggested that the centre-half should be a dominating personality around his old goal. Centre-half Jack Button, born in Klek, now Sri Lanka, in 1894, was asked to operate in a deep-lying centre-half, which quickly became known as the centre-back position. Joe Holm recalled that Jack was a very disciplined player who could read the game extremely well, and in an instant he was able to decide whether it was simply clear the ball or nudge the ball to a teammate. After thrashing West Ham, the team embarked upon an excellent run to form of the league. 
eventually finishing as runners-up to Huddersfield, who completed a hat-trick of championship successes. But for the spate of injuries around Christmas, and the new tactics could even have propelled the team to the title, but Chapman would have to wait a good few years to taste that title's success. Butler, a physically commanding defender, played in the 41 games in 25-26 season and remained the first team regular until Herbie Roberts, signed from Ostery Town, ousted him from his centre-back berth. Butler played in Arsenal's first FA Cup final, the 1927 loss to Cardiff City at Wembley, but sadly, despite contributing to such a team he missed out on the FA Cup winners medal in 1930 when the Gunners defeated Huddersfield Town and was sold to Torquay. His pioneering role in the Gunners new tangled WM formation shouldn't be overlooked. He was later injected his tactical acumen into the Belgian national team who he coached after World War II. Andy Neil moves from wing half to inside forward. During a team meeting at Newcastle, Charlie Buchan also argued that withdrawing the centre-half Jack Butler would leave Arsenal short of personnel in midfield and suggested he, Buchan, should drop back to the inside right position which would have left loose and unbalanced 3-3-4. Buchan was overall because Chapman needed Buchan to score goals. Instead, he gave the role to withdrawn inside forward to Scottish wing-half Andy Neil. A third-team player described as Chapman as being as slow as a funeral, but as Buchan, as slow as a post, signed from Brighton from a fairly hefty tum of £3,000 in 1924. Neil's newly carved-out role speaks volumes for Chapman's eye for the tiniest detail and his ability to recognise which skills were then needed where he was as a team. Chapman's argument was empathetic as the ball control he can stand his foot on the ball while making up his mind. Neil's influences at the club was fleeting. By season's end he returned to Brighton and Chapman quickly upgraded the quality of players in the centre of the park. But with the underrated Neil playing as an inside forward and Jack Butler at centre back, the Arsenal classic Mark 1 WM model later tweaked by perfection by Herbert Chapman was born. Community. Arsenal in the Community Health Programme. December Activity Challenge and the Daily Mile. You might have seen in previous matchday programmes that we have been working closely with Islington Council and London Marathon events to encourage and offer support to local schools who take part in the Daily Mile. A fully inclusive initiative that aims to improve the physical, social, emotional and mental health and well-being of children. The Daily Mile is a simple idea that involves a walk or run outside for 15 minutes during the school day. There is no equipment needed and no setup required. It's a social, non-competitive and fun way of encouraging children to be more active and aware of their health. As part of our aim to encourage children to continue being active throughout December, along with other local partners, Arsenal in the community have set a number of short, simple and fun challenges for the Islington School's December Activity Challenge. Schools will be tasked with completing a physical activity challenge every day throughout the month. We hope that fun activities like this can help to inspire young people to enjoy exercise. 
the Islington Primary Schools that have signed up for the challenge were lucky enough to receive a good luck message from Arsenal midfielder Joe Willock. Joe also set them his own challenge of seeing how many kick-ups they can do in one minute. Joe said, I like to keep myself fit so that I can perform my best on the pitch, but it's also important for us all to exercise and keep physically active so that we can look after our health. The December challenge will be a good way for you to exercise while having fun with your friends. I'm asking you all to take part and try your best to be active every day. A special mention to these schools for signing up and taking part in the December Activity Challenge. Copenhagen, St Mary's C of E, Vittoria, Rotherfield, Morleyland, William Tyndale, St Peter and St Paul, St Joseph's, Montem, Yerbury, Sacred Heart, Thornhill. For more information, please contact Joe Chaffee, jchaffee at arsenal.co.uk. Photo of the week. Arsenal in the community's Twitter account at AFC Community highlights some of this month's community work. Thank you, Stefano, for inspiring and supporting young people through Arsenal. Hashtag PL Primary Stars. Hashtag PLCF 10 Year Awards. At PL Communities. Forward Arsenal 16. Rob Holding Arsenal Football Club prides itself on always looking forward, so we're asking our players to gaze into the future to see what's on the horizon. What are your plans for tonight? I've got yoga tonight, then, after that, I've got a gym session planned for some upper body work, then a little bank session to get a sweat on, so it's a busy evening planned. Then, after that, I will put my feet up, do some cooking, and then watch some TV. What are your plans for the end of the season? I'm going to Vancouver for a little while, then I'll probably go to the west coast of America and spend some time near the beach. Maybe I'll try a bit of surfing. What are your plans for the end of your career? To be on a beach somewhere on the coast of California. Literally, my plan is to play my last few years of my career in the MLS, then retire with my coaching badges. Then I want to get a coaching job where that isn't pressured like the Premier League. Then I can just enjoy it and help kids get better and live in the sunshine state where life is good. So, you plan to go into coaching? Yeah, but not at a high level where there's so much pressure. I feel like you go through 15 years of pressure as a footballer. I don't want to have another 15 years being scrutinised as a manager. I'd rather enjoy it somewhere where I'm not judged and nobody has an opinion on me. Literally retire to a little beach house and not be seen again by anyone. Perfect. Have you started your qualifications? Just before I did my ACL, I'd started on my B licence. We got the practical sessions done, and I did the philosophy and stuff on my presentation. I just needed to do a test on that, but with COVID, it's been hard to coach any groups of youngsters with all the rules, so hopefully I can pick that up again in the coming years. Then, if I want to pursue the A licence, I can do that afterwards. 
What are your coaching influences? I think Pep Guardiola, when he was at Barcelona, he had such a specific style of play. It was different to what everybody else was playing. That was so impressive. And being under Mikel, and how tactically aware he is, and how he sees the game, I'm learning bits from that. When I was doing my coaching philosophy, I got sent a copy of his from his B license, and I had a read of that, and it helped me understand the game more. What do you still want to achieve in your playing career? I want to win trophies. There's nothing better than walking back into the changing room after winning a trophy and all the team being there. It's such a good feeling, having a reward after you have done all the hard work. Next time we can hopefully celebrate with the fans in the stadium. What club would you never sign for? Tottenham. Has to be them now, doesn't it? I could never sign for them. How far forward do you look at the fixture list? When the fixtures are released, I take a look then at what the opening games are, what games are around Christmas, because you always want to see whether you are at home on Boxing Day and New Year's Eve, or will you be away those days. It dictates how you celebrate Christmas, because you could be in a hotel somewhere, or at home with your family. What do you do on the night before a big game? Well, I'm somebody who tries not to even think about the game on the night before. It's not until we leave the hotel that the anxiety starts and you look to control your emotions. It's about relaxing as much as possible. The worst moment for me is when you are waiting to go out before the warm-up. As soon as that's done, that's when all the nerves and anxiety disappears because you are in the moment then. I've got better at dealing with that over the years. I started having those anxious moments when I moved to Arsenal because there was so much pressure on every game, but you learn to control it. Were you particularly anxious before either of the cup finals? Looking back at the first one in 2017, I don't think I was aware of the magnitude of the situation. Then, after the game, the ox came over to me and said, You have no idea what you've just done. He had his arm round me and told me it will sink in later. Looking back at the last one this year, I was more aware of the occasion and probably more nervous. Does not having fans there make a difference to your nerves? It makes it a bit less intense, I think. It's good and bad. It's good because you can be more relaxed and not let the pressure get to you. But when the fans are there, there's no better feeling than when your team scores a goal in a full stadium. What are you looking forward to doing once you retire that you can't do now? Skiing and snowboarding. I'm looking forward to that. I probably want to do a skydive as well. A few extreme sports, basically. I think I would like to try and stay in shape, but I won't be as religious about what I eat and drink. If I fancy a beer on a Sunday night, then I will do that. What country or city will you live in once you stop playing football? I think San Diego. I've been there before. It's so laid back. It's not overly massive like Los Angeles. It would be handy if they got their MLS team back too. What other countries would you like to see once you stop playing? I want to see Australia. 
I've got a few friends out there and they love it. How are you at planning birthdays for family members? I'm awful at that. I'm so bad in terms of sorting that, I leave Christmas shopping until the last minute. My mum asked me for a pair of wellies because it snowed up in Manchester the other day, so I said, OK, you order them and I'll send you the money. Finally, you are told there's a spare seat on the next trip to the International Space Station. Do you go? If there were two seats, who do you want with you and who definitely not? Yeah, of course you go. Firstly, because whatever you are going to get that opportunity again. And secondly, how many people can say they've seen the Earth from outer space? It would be really cool to experience, and zero gravity would be cool too. I'd probably take Callum with me. That would be quite fun. Who wouldn't I take? Anyone bigger than me. I feel space might be limited. In a dream world, what would be your next meal? My dad making me a Sunday roast with beef and gravy. I love it. What would be your next new car? I'm actually going to get a Tesla. Good for the environment, but my dream car would probably be a 1979 Ford Mustang, old school, convertible. What would be your next things you buy? I'd love a private jet. I think that would be cool. No more booking seats. What would be your next holiday destination? I love Thailand. It would be great to go back there. South Africa as well would be good too. What would be your next trophy you win? The Champions League. What would be your next new teammate? I'd say Cristiano Ronaldo. I'd love to be hitting big diags out to him. Fourteen times. Fourteenth manager. In August, we lifted the FA Cup for a record-extending fourteenth time. But it's not just our rich, illustrious history in football's oldest knockout competition that is synonymous with the number 14. It happened on the 14th. April the 14th, 2002. Arsenal 1, Middlesbrough 0. FA Cup semi-final. For the fourth time since taking charge of the club, Arsene Wenger had guided the team to the semi-final of the FA Cup. And this time... Steve McLaren's Middlesbrough were our opponents at Old Trafford. It was by no means a classic. Double-chasing Arsenal were huge favourites for the game, but took a while to get going. And Richard Wright excelled in goal in the opening exchanges. It was perhaps fitting that the only goal of the game was a scrappy one. Borough had only just brought on Gianluca Fester to replace the injured Ugo Ehiogu, and the Italian defender put through his own net seven minutes before half-time, when diverting Thierry Henry's corner beyond Mark Schwarzer. It was enough to book our place in the final, where we would beat Chelsea 2-0. Terry Neal Terry Neal was the man charged with following in the steps of legendary boss Bertie Mee, who had guided the club to our first ever European honour 
and then our maiden league and cup double the following year. Northern Irishman Neil had played 275 times for the Gunners between 1960 and 1970, but was employed at rivals Tottenham before becoming our 14th full-time boss on July 9, 1976. He was only 34 years old when he took the job, tasked with rejuvenating a side that had finished 17th in 1975-76. to With Don Howe alongside him as coach, Neil soon brought silverware back to the club, winning the 1979 FA Cup, either side of two other appearances in the final. He also guided the side to the 1980 European Cup Winners' Cup Final, though we were denied in a penalty shootout to Valencia. Neil left the club in 1983, having led Arsenal to four Cup Finals and four top-six finishes from his seven years in charge. His final record was P-416, W-187, D-187. 17. L. 112. F. 601. A. 446. He never managed again after leaving and later worked for the club's media department. The Arsenal Foundation. My story. The work of the Arsenal Foundation and the partners and the initiatives it supports have touched the lives of a great number of people in a variety of ways. The Arsenal Foundation helped to fund Teens Unite, a charity that supports youngsters who are battling cancer, and their week-long activity stay. Harold Digul, 23, from Southall, tells us how they helped her during her darkest times. My career was in children and I was preparing to go to university when I was diagnosed with cancer in July 2018. I had felt really proud of myself as my hard work was paying off and I was on track for a better future when I discovered that I had the acute lambistic leukaemia, ALL. I was completely shocked and I felt that I just wasn't being told was true. It all felt real when my family found out about it and were devastated by the news. No one had a clue what to do. Chemotherapy started straight away and they were told me that it would take around two and a half years to cure the illness. In my head, I couldn't even comprehend that time scale that they'd given me. My main thought was, how will I pull through? I discovered Teens Unite and they came to the Macmillan Cancer Centre to do arts and crafts workshop. They encouraged me to join in and meet others as the same age as me. Then they reassured me that I wasn't alone. They listened to me and made me feel confident. In April 2019, I went on their activity stay, where a group of us went to stay in Mill Hill Boarding School for a week. Every day was jam-packed with activities, from junk percussion to martial arts and many, many more. My favourites were the Hearts Young Mariners base, where I confronted my phobia of water and walked around the edge of the boat. And the Apprentice Challenge, where I had to design t-shirts for teens uniting groups. I enjoyed it because we worked well as a team and we got our ideas across in a professional manner. And we won, and I felt completely like a new person. The trip made me appreciate life. I learned to be more confident and believe in my abilities. And I made friends so I could truly understand what it's like to have cancer and still try and live your life. 
I became poorly straight after that and I didn't think I was going to make it. But Teens United stood by my side until I recovered and got me back on track. They frequently checked up on me and constantly reassured me. To cut a long story short, I finished my treatment November the 12th, 2020. I'm officially cancer-free. Teens United have played a vital role in my journey by making me realise that there are no limits and that cancer shouldn't take away your ambitions. I'm currently at college on an access to nursing course. I plan to go to university to study adult nursing and be the voice for many cancer patients who need hope and motivation. For more information, visit teensunite.org. Developing Strong Young Gunners In this issue, Young Gun, James Sweet, Match Reports, Chambers on Target, News, Youth Cup Draw, Remember, Chris Olson, Stats, Results and Fixtures, Young Gun, James Sweet, Talking to Aidan Small, Born, London, 6th of September 2003, Signed for Arsenal, Under 8s, Height and weight, 5 foot 11 inches, 74 kilos. Position, central midfield. School, Whitgift. I started playing football when I was just four years old. My dad used to take me down to our local park whenever he could and we'd just have a kickabout together. But then one day we met this football coach who invited me along to a training session. That's where it all started. I kept playing for my local team and after three years I was eventually scouted by Arsenal as a seven-year-old. Less than 12 months later I was in the academy and heading to Hale End for my first day. A fair few of our current under-18s team were there too. Looking back at those old squad pictures, it's crazy to think that we've been playing together for this long already. We know each other's game inside out and we've always been so supportive of each other. And I think we always will be. You can see it in the first team, the under-23s and the under-18s, etc. All the boys from the academy look out for each other. As a central midfielder, I'd like to think I'm a really energetic and hard-working player. I've been told by my coaches and teammates that I have a very good engine, and that's what I'd like to use to my advantage as a box-to-box midfielder. I like to get up and down the pitch, so I like having a midfield partner who is always available for a pass and intelligent in their positioning. For example, I like to go forwards, and I like to join up with our attack. So if I do that, I need my partner to position themselves behind me and cover my run. They need to be alert for counter-attacks, and it's the exact same if my partner makes a forward run too. The more you play together, the faster you can react and prepare for these moments. I just love making those late runs into the box. It's how so many midfielders get their goals. And I just want to get better and better at timing those runs. It's all about timing. I actually got some joy from that exact run only two weeks ago against Leicester. And I was pretty happy with my finish too. The thing to remember about this run, or any run really, is that it's not always going to work. Sometimes you'll make that run ten times in a game and get absolutely nothing from it. But it's important to keep going because you need to be ready for that one time you do. I've been an Arsenal fan my whole life. 
but growing up I used to really like Frank Lampard and the way he played. As a midfielder he had an amazing career and he scored so many goals from outside the box and with those late runs. He also had that engine to go from box to box. I've always loved Ronaldinho too. The things he could do with the ball were amazing and as a kid I just dreamed of having that skill set. I'm not sure anyone will get close to that style. As for my season so far, I had a really difficult start with injury, but I'm so happy to be back out there and playing again now. I picked up an ankle injury right at the end of pre-season, and that was obviously frustrating because I wanted to get right into the action. But with every setback there's an advantage, and I've just been working hard to get myself back up to full speed. This is my first season with the under-18s, and you can definitely feel that the games are more intense and you really have to be on your toes on the pitch. You always have to know where your next pass or move is going, and I'm really enjoying it. One of my favourite moments of the season so far was scoring that goal against Leicester, and I'm buzzing we got through in the FA Youth Cup too. But the one thing I realised whilst I was injured is just how much I love being out on the pitch. I love that feeling of having the ball at my feet, scoring goals and expressing myself. Not being able to do that was quite hard for me, but now I'm back. I just want to keep working hard and keep putting in good performances for the under-18s. I just want to help the team out and see what opportunities come next. Rate yourself out of 100. Speed 78. Shooting 84. Dribbling 85. Strength 80. Passing 87. Defending 77. James Sweet, Lowdown. Earliest memory of football. Kicking a ball about with my dad in the park near our house. Got me into football. My dad. First footballer I looked up to. Ronaldinho. Favourite football shirt owned. My England debut shirt. Best friend in football. Henry Jeffcott. Team supported as a child. Arsenal. Best goal of all time. Zlatan Ibramovic against England 2012. Best goal I've scored. Chip the keeper from just in front of the halfway line. Best player I've faced. Jamal Musala, ex-Chelsea, now at Bayern Munich. Best game I've had. The final in a tournament in Singapore. Best piece of skill I've done in a game is flip-flap nutmeg. Best moment of my career so far, my England debut. One stadium I'd like to score in, Wembley. One type of goal I'd like to score, bicycle kick. A player to score a one-on-one to save my life, Lionel Messi. Best training ground tip, never be late to any session or meeting. Another sport I'm good at, rugby. Favourite training drill, possessions drill. Ambitions for this season away from the pitch. To focus on my A-levels. Important non-playing attributes for young footballers. A healthy diet and always staying motivated. Biggest lesson learnt off the pitch at Arsenal. The importance of punctuality. Favourite footballer of all time. Cristiano Ronaldo. Most played Spotify artist. Gunner. Favourite musician right now. Millions. Favourite trainers of all time, OVO Jordan 12S White.
favourite pre-match song. First day out, T Grizzly. One thing I need on an away day, my Beats headphones. One thing I want to do in my football career, win the Champions League or World Cup. If I wasn't a footballer, I would be a rugby player. The first team player I look up to most, Mesut Ozil. Player who shaped my game the most, Frank Lampard. The best thing about being at Arsenal, the atmosphere around the club. Something not many people know about me. I used to play cricket for Surrey. Teammates will definitely make it. Marcelo Flores. Most skills in their locker. Amari Hutchinson. Best passing range. Charlie Patino. Best touch. Omari. Most double-footed. Kiddo Taylor Hart. Best manager. Taylor Foran. Most committed. Brooke Norton Coffey. Strongest. Mazid Ogungbo. Captain material. Taylor. Funniest. Henry Jeffcott. Most confident. Brooke. Better than they think they are. Remy Mitchell. Best singer. Henry. Got a hidden talent. Taylor. Taekwondo. Academy match report. Premier League 2, Friday, December 18th, Meadow Park. Arsenal 2, Chambers 16, Belogan 76. Leicester City 1, O'Connor 43. Arsenal under 23. Okonkwo, Norton Coffey, Chambers, Saliba, Marie, Alebiosu, Akinola, Aziz, Cottrell, Moller, Balogun. Subs not used. Ejeri, Dinze, Kirk, Sirjan, Taylor Hart. Our under-23 signed off 2020 in style with a valuable 2-1 win over Leicester City. Callum Chambers found the back of the net as he continues to build up match fitness, while the in-form Falarin Balogun sealed all three points with his fourth league goal of the season. 16-year-old fullback Brook Norton Cuffey was also trusted to make his fifth appearance for Steve Bould's side, marking a successful end to 2020 for the youngster. Leicester named former gunner Vonte Daly Campbell in their starting eleven, while first-team stars Demari Gray and Islam Slimani lined up in attack. Coming into this fixture off the bench of three consecutive victories, we were full of confidence and opened the scoring after just 16 minutes. Belogan saw his instinctive efforts saved, but Chambers was lurking inside the area to fire home the rebound. Belogan then fizzed the ball just wide of the far post from the edge of the area, before Miguel Aziz's powerful effort was blocked. We were looking sharp, but on the stroke of half-time the visitors drew level as Damari Gray's free kick was converted at the back post by Dara O'Connor. Following the restart, we returned to our free-flowing attacking football and came close to a second when Nikolaj Muller finished from close range. But Aziz, who created the chance, was deemed offside in the build-up. We didn't lose focus, though, and with 15 minutes remaining, we were rewarded for our patience. Ben Cottrell dispossessed Tagalo Lechabela and picked out Aziz, who let the ball run through his legs and into the path of Ryan Alibusu. Our left-back then crossed for Belogan, and he coolly fired into the bottom right corner. Leicester continued to search for a second equaliser, 
but the experienced Gray and Slimani were unable to find a way through. After making a slow start to the PL2 season, failing to win any of our opening seven fixtures, we've since bounced back and find ourselves in fine form, winning each of our last four outings. We finished 2020 in 10th place on 14 points after 11 games, 8 points adrift of league leaders Chelsea. Up next we will face Southampton in the PL2 on January the 17th. The game will take place at St Mary's Stadium with kick-off at 2.30pm. Academy News In full flow It's safe to say that Falarin Belogan has had a year to remember. Not only did the 19-year-old have the privilege of making his debut for the first team against Dundalk in the Europa League, but less than two weeks later, he scored his first goal for the club in a 3-1 win over Mulder. The youngster wasn't done there, though, and went on to score and assist Joe Willock in just 28 minutes as a sub. This will come as no surprise to those who have watched and enjoyed Belogan's development with our youth teams over recent years. He's more than just a goal scorer too. As a key member of our under-23s over the last two years, Belogan has recently been trusted with the captain's armband, scoring four and assisting once in six appearances in his new role. To date, Belogan has scored 17 and assisted six in 41 appearances for our under-23s. His goal record for our under-18s is quite something too with 38 goals and 8 assists in the same number of appearances. Keep up the hard work for Lauren. Educated right foot Like all the subjects of our young gun feature, James Sweet will be hoping to become a household name in the sporting arena in the not-too-distant future. If he does, he'll be following in a long line of students from his former school, Whitgift School, in South Croydon. Famous for its sporting prowess, Current England cricketers Jason Roy, Dominic Sibley and Rory Burns are all Whitgift alumni, as are England Rugby Union stars Marlon Yarde, Danny Cipriani and Elliot Daly. As for football, a link-up with the Chelsea Academy meant that Victor Moses, Callum Hudson-Odoi and Bertrand Traore are also former pupils. If James's future one day lies away from football, Perhaps he could take inspiration from other former pupils like world-famous illusionist Darren Brown or the current Director-General of the BBC, Tim Davey. Rovers return in FA Youth Cup The draw for the FA Youth Cup fourth round proper was made last Friday and we will face Blackburn Rovers, the team that knocked us out last season. We got this season's campaign up and running with a 2-1 victory over Rotherham in the third round and now the under-18s will travel to Blackburn Rovers in the fourth round. Rovers defeated us 4-1 last term at the quarter-final stage, so Ken Gillard's team will be out for revenge. No date has been confirmed for the game yet, but all fourth-round fixtures are to be played by Saturday, January 30th, 2021. Academy Illumini catching up with former Arsenal Academy players as they continue their pro careers away from the Emirates. Chris Olsen Swedish midfielder Chris Olsen joined the Arsenal Academy as a 16-year-old in 2011, part of the same intake as Hector Bellerin, Serge Gnabry and Isaac Hayden. He signed pro terms the following summer and in 2013 he made his first team debut, aged 18, 
in a League Cup tie away to West Brom. The teenager even marked his debut with a goal, albeit in the successful penalty shootout at the end of the match. He had already represented the first team in various pre-season friendlies and scored against the Indonesian national team during the Asia Tour of 2013. But that outing against West Brom remained his only competitive senior appearance for the club. He joined FC Midtjylland in Denmark on loan and impressed so much that they made the deal permanent halfway through the agreement. After a further two years in Denmark, during which time he won the league title, he moved back to his home country to sign for AIK. By now a full Sweden international, he won the Swedish league title in 2018 and the following year he was on the move again, this time to Krasnodar of the Russian Premier League. He is now a mainstay of their midfield and played in the Champions League this season. However, they finished third in the group, meaning they have joined Arsenal for the second half of this season's Europa League. Arsenal Women News and reports from England's most successful women's football team. Women's Super League Sunday, December 20th, Meadow Park Arsenal 4 Nobbs 4 Ford 10 Beattie 61 Mead 63 Everton 0 Arsenal Williams Evans Williamson Beattie McCabe Substituted with Meyer in the 80th minute Little, good. Substituted with Walty in the 62nd minute. Roard. Substituted with Van der Donk in the 72nd minute. Mead. Ford. Substituted with Midema in the 72nd minute. Nobs. Subs not used. Zinsberger. Stenson. We returned to winning ways in the Women's Super League on Sunday as we secured a comfortable 4-0 victory over Everton. There was big news when our starting eleven was announced, with Viviane Midema on the bench. But that didn't stop us from delivering a complete performance, with goals from all over the pitch. Caitlin Ford was trusted to lead the line, while Jordan Nobbs returned on the left wing, and it was the latter who opened the scoring inside four minutes. Beth Mead picked up the ball on the right wing and fizzed the ball across the face of goal, leaving Nobbs the simple task of firing into an open goal. It was just the start we needed, following defeat at Manchester City last week, and five minutes later we found ourselves two goals to the good. With a searching pass from Leah Williamson over Everton's defence, Jill Roard broke free down the right and squared the ball to Ford at the back post, who made no mistake. The Australia International has now scored eight goals across all competitions this season. We weren't done there, though, and following the restart, Jen Beattie made it three, with a routine header at the back post, latching on to Katie McCabe's inviting corner. But our fourth and final goal of the afternoon was undoubtedly the pick of the bunch. Racing on to Nobbs' long ball in behind, Mead cut back inside onto her weaker left foot, 
losing her marker before curling the ball into the top corner. It was a stunning effort to round off our final appearance of 2020. 2020-21 Fixtures September the 6th, Reading, 6-1, Home September the 12th, West Ham United, 9-1, Away September the 26th, Tottenham, FA Cup quarter-final, 4-0, Home October the 1st, Man City, FA Cup semi-final, 1-2, Away October the 4th, Bristol City, 3-1, home. October the 7th, Chelsea, CC, 1-4, away. October the 11th, Brighton & Hove Albion, 5-0, away. October the 18th, Tottenham Hotspur, 6-1, home. November the 4th, London City Lionesses, CC, 4-0, away. November the 8th, Manchester United, 0-1, away. November the 15th, Chelsea, 1-1, home. November the 18th, Tottenham Hotspur, CC, 2-2, away. Arsenal 1 on penalties. December the 6th, Birmingham City, 3-0, home. December the 13th, Manchester City, 1-2, away. December the 20th, Everton, 4-0, home. January the 9th, Aston Villa, away. January the 17th, Reading, away. January the 24th, West Ham United, home. February the 7th, Manchester City, home. February the 10th, Chelsea, away. March the 7th, Birmingham City, away. March the 17th or 18th, Manchester United, home. March the 27th or 28th, Tottenham Hotspur, away. April the 3rd or 4th, Bristol City, away. April the 24th or 25th, Brighton & Hove Albion, home. May the 1st or 2nd, Everton, away. May the 8th or 9th, Aston Villa, home. Community Indoor Bowls With the announcement of the first national lockdown in March, we knew the bowls project would be hit hard. Nearly all of our bowlers are in the 60 to 80 year age bracket and therefore in a high risk category. The club had no choice but to suspend all indoor activity. So, all seven of our weekly bowl sessions in local community centres and in our very own hub were suspended until further notice. One of the most important aspects of the bowls project is to get older people out of isolation and into new friendship networks. In the lockdown, this would all but disappear, so we knew it would be important to maintain some sort of regular contact with the group. On a daily basis, we began to have telephone conversations with our bowlers, especially those who had to shield for long periods. Arsenal had arranged a video call from Ian Wright to one of our bowlers who had made a great contribution to the local community. 
This was followed by a telephone call from Pat Rice to another bowler who has been with us for over 20 years. This really helped the morale of the bowling group. When the first lockdown ended, we then had the opportunity to meet in small groups twice a week for a short walk. One walk was based in Finsbury Park and the other was at Highbury Fields. This proved very popular, but challenging logistically given COVID restrictions. One bonus in the summer came when some of our bowlers were able to play outside at Finsbury Park Bowls Club, again with limited numbers. The Arsenal Foundation had provided funding for the club by paying for preparation and maintenance of the green, which helped its survival. Mark Antonovich, Arsenal in the community, said... We were able to meet for short walks on a one-to-one basis and I was also able to do a little shopping for them when needed. It was only last year that we entertained Barnett's short mat bowls team in the Highbury Lounge at the Emirates. It seems so long ago and all our bowlers can't wait to get back into the stadium. Visitors by Mike Hammond Chelsea Football Club Formed 1905 Nickname The Blues The Pensioners Stadium Stamford Bridge Capacity 40,834 Honours First Division Premier League Winners 1954 2004-5 2005-6 2009-10 2014-15 2016-17 Second Division 1983-84 1988-89 FA Cup Winners 1969 1970-1996-97 99-2000 2006-7 2008-9 2009-10 2011-12 2017-18 League Cup Winners 64-65 FA Charity Shield, FA Community Shield winners, 1955-2000-2005-2009. UEFA Champions League winners, 2011-12. Europa League winners, 2012-13-2018-19. UEFA Cup winners, Cup winners. 1970-71, 1997-98. 1970-71, 1997-98. UEFA Super League winners, 1998. Owner, Roman Abramovic. Chairman, Bruce Buck. Social followers, Twitter, 15 million. Instagram, 24 million. Facebook, 48.5 million. A busy summer in the transfer market has seen new-look Chelsea go into battle for the 2021 Premier League, and up until recently, things were going pretty much to plan for the West Londoners in their bid to reclaim the title they won back in 2016-17, under Antonio Conte. With six wins and four draws in the first 11 league games, Frank Lampard's side were motoring along nicely, but then came surprise back-to-back defeats at Everton and Wolves in the space of three days. However, the 3-1 home win over West Ham last Monday pushed them back above Tottenham into a credible fifth place in the Premier League table. 
Defeated 2-1 by Arsenal in last season's FA Cup final at the end of Lampard's first campaign in charge, the Blues are looking to alone for their first trophyless season since 2015-16. They win the FA Cup also under Conte in 2017-18, beating Manchester United 1-0 in the final before getting the better of Arsenal in Baku in the 2018-19 UEFA League decider. A couple of Eden Hazard goals on his farewell performance in what was also manager Sarri's final game of his one and only season, helping Chelsea to a 4-1 victory and a second success in the competition. Although no silverware was lifted in 2019-20, Chelsea did manage to finish in the top four and book a return ticket to the Champions League from which they exited from round 16 last season, going down 7-1 on aggregate to eventual winners Bayern Munich. This time, the Blues are back in the knockout phase, having impressively toppled a group containing Sevilla and Rennes. Thanks to four wins and two draws, they have been given a tough draw in the next round, however, against Atletico Madrid. Given their pre-season sending spree, Chelsea will be expected not to go too deep into the Champions League, but to maintain a challenge on the domestic front. Emulated by Spurs on penalties from the Carabao Cup, they should have little problem getting through their opening FA Cup tie and lead two side Morecambe, before then they have two big games at Stamford Bridge in the Premier League against Aston Villa in two days and Man City a week tomorrow. The Blues shelled out around £250 million on new recruits in the summer. Over half of that went on German international duo Kero Harvez, £80 million from Bayern Leverkusen, and Timmer Werner, £53 million from Lepig. The England left-back Bell Chilwell arriving for £50 million from Leicester, Morocco William Zech for £40 million from Ajax, and goalkeeper Mendy for £24 million from Reigns. Experienced defender Silva also arrived on a free transfer with several homegrown youngsters such as Mason Mount, Rich James, Callum Hudson-Odie and Tammy Abraham continuing to develop. The potential of Chelsea's side is huge and their immediate task is to take on Arsenal this Boxing Day evening is to avoid their third successive Premier Way League defeat. Frank Lampard, head coach, born June the 20th, 1978 in Romford, previously Derby manager, 2018-19. One season in charge of Derby in the Championship in 1819 was all it needed to persuade Chelsea to bring Frank back to Stamford Bridge as their manager. The 42-year-old club legend, the first Englishman to manage the club in 23 years during a 13-year playing career in West London, the ex-West Ham midfielder played 648 games for the club, the fourth highest of all time, and also became Chelsea's record scorer with 211 goals. Despite playing every game in midfield, he also scored 29 goals in 106 appearances for England, representing his country at Euro 2004 and 3. World Cups. We won the league at Stamford Bridge. Arsenal clinched the league title at Stamford Bridge on two consecutive seasons in the 1930s on April the 22nd, 1933. Herbert Chapman's Gunners won 3-1 at Chelsea, Cliff Bastin 2, David Jack got 1 to win the league with one game to spare. We repeated the trick the following season. Alex James and Cliff Bastin scoring in a 2-2 draw on April the 28th, 1934. 
managers who have had links with both clubs. Leslie Knighton, Arsenal manager and Chelsea manager. Ted Drake, Arsenal player, Chelsea manager. Tommy Doherty, Arsenal player, Chelsea manager. David Sexton, Arsenal coach, Chelsea manager. George Graham, Chelsea player, Arsenal manager. Bobby Gould, Arsenal player, Chelsea manager. John Hollis, Arsenal player, Chelsea manager. Graham Ricks, Arsenal player, Chelsea manager. And Stuart Houston, Chelsea player, Arsenal manager. Premier League record. Arsenal Football Club wins 20, draws 17. Chelsea Football Club wins 19. Average win percentage is Arsenal with 36. All-time record, Arsenal Football Club wins 77, draws 59. Chelsea Football Club wins 65. Arsenal win percentage, 38. This is Mikel Arteta's fourth meeting with Chelsea as Arsenal boss in just his 52nd game in charge. He has also far mustered one defeat, one draw and one victory. The longest unbeaten run in this fixture was 17 games between January 1999 and March 2004 when Arsene Wenger's side avoided defeat in 17 consecutive matches against Chelsea in all competitions. The run included knocking Chelsea out of the FA Cup in four successive seasons. There have been six penalties awarded in this time of the Premier League era, five for Chelsea, one for Arsenal. All six have been converted. Match action. Premier League, match day 14, 5.30pm, Saturday, December the 19th, Goodison Park. Everton 2, Holding 22, own goal, Mina 45, Arsenal 1, Pepe 35, penalty. Match stats. Total shots. Everton 9, Arsenal 13. Shots on target. Everton 2, Arsenal 2. Corners. Everton 4, Arsenal 3. Offsides. Everton 1, Arsenal 0. Fouls. Everton 9, Arsenal 9. Possession. Everton 42%, Arsenal 58%. Everton. 1. Pickford. 4. Holgate. 13. Mina. 5. Keane. 22. Godfrey. 16. Ducour. 26. Davies. 17. Iwobi. Substitute. 83rd minute. 10. Sigurdsson. 7. Rikarlison. Substitute. 90th minute. 9. Calvert-Lewin. Substitute. 90th minute. Yellow card. Substitutes. Coleman. 83. Kenny. 90. Tozen. 90. Nukunko. Bernard. Gordon. Braithwaite. Olsen. Loslu. Arsenal. 1. Leno. 15. Maitland-Niles. 16. Holding. 23. David Luiz. 3. Tierney. Yellow card. 25. El Neni. Substitute. 64th minute. Yellow card. 8. Sebalos. 7. Saka. 9. Nicotia. Substitute. 76th minute. 19. Pepe. Substitute. 71st minute. 12. Willian. Substitutes. Willock. 
64, yellow card. Martinelli, 71. Lacazette, 76. Mustafi, Bellerin, Cedric, Kolasinac, Smith-Rowe, Renarsson. First half. Everton, with 2,000 fans inside the stadium behind them, started well and were seeing plenty of the ball early on. Midway through the half, we fell behind. Alex Iwobi's cross into the box found Dominic Calvert-Lewin, and his effort glanced off Holding and into his own net. It was an unfortunate moment for Holding, captaining the side for the first time in the Premier League. We had a great chance to draw level almost instantly, when Kieran Tierney set up Eddie Nicotia inside the box. The striker elected to take his shot early, and saw the efforts grew wide. We got back on terms from the penalty spot. Ainsley Maitland-Niles drew a foul from Tom Davis inside the box and Pepe stroked home the spot kick. We were slowly getting on top, but just before half-time we fell behind again when Yeri Mina headed home a corner at the near post. It was the host's first attempt on target of the game. Second half. We were within inches of pulling level again when David Luiz's deflected shot hit the bar. As we continued to press and look for openings in and around the Everton box, Mikel Arteta introduced Gabriel Martinelli for his first appearance of the season after his knee injury. But even though we saw plenty of the ball in the final 20 minutes, Joe Willock's header wide and Sucker's late low shot were the closest we came to taking a point on another frustrating Premier League afternoon. My Arsenal Name Jamie Bramwell Age 35 Live in Rains Park Occupation Teacher Type of membership Gold Why are you an Arsenal fan? My best friends at school were all Arsenal supporters, so I just followed suit. They certainly helped me make the right decision. First Arsenal game Arsenal vs Leeds United, April 6th, 1996 at Highbury. Arsenal 1-2-1 and Ian Wright scored a last-minute winner at the clock end right in front of me. That special feeling has never left me. Favourite Arsenal game Arsenal vs Man United in November 1997 I was lucky enough to be sat in the North Bank that day. We won 3-2, scoring three brilliant goals, and we suddenly felt like serious contenders for the league. Favourite away ground and why? Fratton Park. The stadium is very dated, but the atmosphere and the old-school character made it a brilliant experience. Favourite piece of Arsenal memorabilia? I have a match-worn shirt from 1986, which was signed by the whole squad. Legends like Charlie Nicholas, John Lukic, Niall Quinn and Rocky. Very special. Do you collect any Arsenal-related memorabilia? Yes, I have around 200 Arsenal shirts, including match-worn ones from players such as Lee Dixon, Per Mertesacker, Dennis Bergkamp, Robert Pires and Chesk Fabregas. Most obscure piece of Arsenal memorabilia you own. 
On a tour of Highbury in 1997, the guide gave me a piece of mud from the bottom of Dennis Bergkamp's boot. It's still in my mum's attic. All-time favourite player and why? Dennis Bergkamp His arrival kicked off the evolution of Arsenal being a boring team in the mid-90s to one of the most exciting footballing teams in the world over the next 10 years. Do you have an Arsenal cult hero? Ray Parler Everything about him was summed up in Tim Lovejoy's It's Only Ray Parler line in the 2002 FA Cup final. Best Arsenal goal you've seen live Jack Wilshere's goal against Norwich in 2013 from a technical standpoint. Thierry Henry's against Leeds in the 2012 FA Cup for the pure joy it brought. Have you ever met any Arsenal players? Alan Smith and Ray Parler at their book signings. Both lovely guys. I met Alan shortly after the birth of my son, and he spent a few moments congratulating me and giving me tips on being a father, even though there were still hundreds in the queue behind me. Current player you'd like to go for dinner with? Hector Bellerin. He'd be great company, and I'm sure he'd know some cool restaurants in London. I'd need to think about what I'd wear, though, as I wouldn't want to embarrass him. You can be present at any Arsenal match in history. Anfield 89, without doubt. Never again will there be a more dramatic finish to a league season. And witnessing it live, how could you ever beat that experience? Teams for Arsenal manager Mikel Arteta red shirts with white sleeves white shorts and socks 1 Bernd Leno goalkeeper 2 Hector Bellerin 3 Kieran Tierney 4 William Saliba 5 Socrates Papastathopoulos 6 Gabriel 7 Bukayo Saka 8 Dani Ceballos 9 Alexandre Lacazette 10. Masut Ozil 12. William 13. Alex Runason, goalkeeper 14. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang 15. Ainsley Maitland-Niles 16. Rob Holding 17. Cedric Suarez 18. Thomas Partey 19. Nicolas Pepe 20. Schroeder Mustafi 21. Callum Chambers 22. Pablo Mori 23. David Lewis 24. Reese Nelson 25. Mohamed Elneny 28. Joe Willock 30. Eddie Nketiah 31. Zid Kolasinac 32. Emil Smith-Rowe 33. Matt Macy, goalkeeper 34. Granite Sharka 35. Gabriel Martinelli 38. Follerin Balogun 41. Ben Cottrell 66. Miguel Aziz For Chelsea, manager Frank Lampard Blue shirt, shorts and socks 1. Kepa Arizabalaga, goalkeeper 2. Antonio Rudiger 3. Marcos Alonso 
4. Andreas Christensen 5. Eugenio 6. Tiago Silva 7. Ngolo Kante 9. Tammy Abraham 10. Christian Pulisic 11. Timo Werner 13. Willy Caballero, goalkeeper 14. Fikir Tomori 15. Kurt Zuma 16. Eduard Mendy, goalkeeper 17. Matteo Kovacic 18. Olivier Giroud 19. Mason Mount 20. Callum Hudson-Udi 21. Ben Chilwell 22. Hakim Ziyech 23. Billy Gilmore 24. Rhys James 28. Cesar Aspiliqueta 29. Kai Havertz 33. Everson Palmieri Match officials, referee Michael Oliver Assistant referees Stuart Burt, Simon Bennett Fourth official, Stuart Atwell VAR official Paul Tierney Additional VAR official Konstantin Hatsidakis Today's other fixtures, Leicester City vs Manchester United at 12.30pm, Fulham vs Southampton at 3pm, Aston Villa vs Crystal Palace at 3pm, Sheffield United vs Everton at 8pm, Manchester City vs Newcastle United at 8pm. The Arsenal Foundation, helping young people fulfil their potential through education and sport. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Invented in the lab, proven on the pitch. Fuel like the Gunners. Gatorade, number one sports drink in the world. The official sports drink of Arsenal Football Club. Sky Sports. Watch it live. Feel it all. Credit goals? Count on the experts. You wouldn't have much to celebrate if one of our credit geeks was trying to score at football. But when it comes to crunching the numbers, you can count on the MBNA team. Whether you're looking to squish existing balances together or just need a backup for when things get stretched, you'll find a great range of credit card options with us. Find out more at mbna.co.uk. MBNA, 
official partner of Arsenal. Arsenal. Ready for Arsenal. This is family. New 2021 third kit. On sale, in store and online. 